relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. There are some things in life that are um, hmm, hard to explain. One of them is... Our northerly neighbor, Chris Plant, calls uh, Canada America's hat. I'm not sure that's fully respectful, but uh, we do love Chris Plant. And they have somebody at the helm there who, well, he's got a last name that has a certain political baggage, but the fact that he openly admires communist dictators, hard to explain. Let's play the cut. Of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. Mm, the flexibility, ha, ha, ha. Oh, yes, oh, so funny. The labor camps, the Lao guy, the persecution of ethnic and religious minorities. Oh, I wish we could have that here in Canada. If you're watching us on the Salem News Channel app, on your Roku, your Fire Stick device, or on Rumble, you may have seen a, a rather auspicious watermark at the corner of that video from an organization that, full disclosure, was very good to me after I left the White House. It is the one, the only Rebel News, and we have their founder and <laughs> president with us, Ezra Levant. Welcome to America First. Oh. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks very much. You know, Justin Trudeau running Canada. Well, it would be like if Gavin Newsom ever became president, which is something that terrifies me. <laughs> Trudeau and Newsom are both clothes horses. They love looking in the mirror and working on their hair. They're good at spin, but they're very bad at actually running things. And both have a penchant for communist China. And Trudeau comes by it honestly. His father, Pierre Trudeau, loved the Soviet Union, loved Fidel Castro. And so Justin Trudeau inherited his father's admira admiration for totalitarian regimes. And he expresses that sometimes in Canada. He's a bit of an authoritarian. I don't know if you remember, but about a year and a half ago, some truckers had a peaceful protest against the lockdowns and vaccine mandates. They honked their horns and parked around Parliament, but it was completely peaceful. Trudeau invoked martial law put riot horses into the street, threw people in jail, seized hundreds of bank accounts of his political opponents without a legal process, and, um, and, and he actually invoked a form of martial law that wasn't even uh, used during 9-11 itself. It was the first time that law had ever been used. That's Trudeau, and that's who we're stuck with, at least for the time being. Right. Well, we have so much to discuss. You've uh, you've ticked off a couple of the topics I want to get to you in this hour. Uh, before we break those down, please make sure you're following this superb website, rebelnews.com. Uh, after I left uh, the White House, they were very kind to me. I think you'll find maybe some archived videos of my little op-eds for Ezra and his team. Follow him at Ezra Levant, rebelnews.com, and at Ezra Levant. Okay, so um, let's, let, oh, let's break down this... This, can you explain for us, just for a moment, 
how this person who clearly has less than latent dictatorial tendencies, he has pretty open, pretty blatant dictatorial tendencies, whether it's against the truckers, whether it's, as you say, uh, taking these bank accounts and freezing them for pe- from people who are just expressing their, their, their freedom of expression against the, the, the government. How is this person first elected, and how does he stay in power? Because... Yeah, I get the teeth, I get the haircut, but is that really enough in Canada as well as California, Ezra? Well, when Justin Trudeau first ran for office, he was running against Stephen Harper, the conservative prime minister, who had been in office for around nine years. So I think there was some fatigue. Uh, People just wanted a change. And Trudeau was younger. He had the famous last name. I I wouldn't say he's particularly handsome, but in the field of politics, he's handsomer than... I mean, they they say politics is showbiz for ugly people. So Trudeau was the handsomest of the politicians. And um, he he has sort of a soothing manner about him. And, And he... You know, I, I, he's a male feminist, so he he knows how to say all the right things. And he he was he used to be a substitute drama teacher, so he's got that delivery that he makes you feel. Wow, like he cares. now that it that, that ref- explains everything. A <laughs> substitute <laughs> drama That's studies what he did for teacher. Um, I'm not kidding. And and the thing is, uh, the media loved him. He in the last election, I should tell you, he got 33 percent of the vote. But in our parliamentary system, as you know. No, he cobbled together a coalition. So he's got a minority government. But because he's done an agreement with the Socialist Party, he still rules as if he's got a commanding majority. And so, I mean, this is where the Hillary Clinton people would say, hey, he lost the popular vote. He only got 33 percent of the vote. Yeah, but in our system, the socialists gave him the seat. So he acts like he's got a majority, and the media love him because the media, of course, they're in Canada subsidized by the government. Here's a fact for you, Sebastian. 99% of journalists in Canada receive significant subsidies from the government. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I I get CBC, I get the, the state organs like the BBC, but what, the majority of journalists? Oh, yes. How does that happen, oh, Ezra? One of Trudeau's first announcements was to set up uh, a $600 million fund that has only grown for every single newspaper in Canada. Now, you have to apply to our version of the IRS. You have to be called a qualified Canadian news organization. You have to be, quote, trusted. So he doesn't qualify. It's basically a journalism license. You apply to the government for the license. If you're approved, uh, you get access to government press conferences. You get tax credit for your subscribers, and you get access to hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in government bailout money. How, how, how uh, many he, millions of dollars has Rebel News accessed, Ezra? <laughs> Zero for a number of reasons. First of all, I don't think we would ever take it. Uh, second of all, it would never be offered. And third of all, our version of the IRS called the Canada Revenue Agency has reviewed us and said that we do not qualify as a trusted news organization. And by trusted, Trudeau doesn't trust us, which I take as a badge of honor. But it's really creepy that we have journalism licenses in Canada. It's called the QCJO, Qualified Canadian Journalism Organization. And there are about 1,500 publications in Canada that get government money. 
every TV station, every radio station, and 1,500 print media. There's, I think there are four media in the country that don't take the bailouts, and we're one of them. That's incredible. State licensing, state approval. That's something Imber Hodja would have been proud of in uh, communist Albania. Absolutely stunning. Which means uh, you have a mainstream, you have government sanctioned, and then you have people like yourselves who don't want the approval of the media. How hard is it to have something like Rebel News function in Canada today? Well, obviously, we don't get government money, but we also have been demonetized by YouTube. Um, we, we were one of Canada's largest online news sources, but then YouTube just cut us off. And luckily, we've been able to crowdfund our way ever since. We have about 45 staff at Rebel News, and crowdfunding is the number one way. We also have some paying subscribers. But it's not just the money stuff. Trudeau, in addition to having his QCJO news license, he also bans us from attending certain events. So, for example, every uh, election season, there's a leaders debate amongst the parties, just like you have in the U.S. In Canada, Trudeau nationalized that, so his hand-picked staff run the leaders' debates. Okay, well, what does that mean? That meant they ban rebel news reporters from even attending. So twice now we've had to run to the Federal Court of Canada to make an emergency application to get the courts to order Trudeau to accredit our journalists. And twice they have. They're, they're banning us in other ways, too. It may sound modest, but government agencies have blocked Rebel News and other independent media from even accessing Twitter. Now, you might say that's no big deal. It's just a Twitter account. I'm not talking about the politician's own personal Twitter account. I'm talking about entire government departments, their Twitter accounts blocking us at the orders of Trudeau. Um, he recently passed a bill called C-11 that would give him the power to alter the, quote, discoverability, unquote, of videos on the Internet. So the government would be able to order Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc., to change their algorithm to boost the licensed journalists and to de-boost the independent journalists. Wow. All these things taken together are the most pernicious act of censorship in the free world. In fact, pre-Elon Musk Twitter wrote a memo to the Canadian government saying Trudeau's proposals were something they had only seen in North Korea. This is the pre-Elon Musk Twitter saying this is North Korea stuff. And that memo was leaked. So Trudeau hates he's got such a thin skin we're so outnumbered up here but he can't even stand a handful of critics no wonder he looks uh, longingly and admiringly at xi jinping in china we're talking to the founder the president of the superb rebel news follow them at rebelnews.com and at as relevant i'm sebastian gorka this is america first one on one Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? 
the end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency, gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653, MidasGoldGroup.com. Dear friends, we are in day three of our annual campaign for the Fellowship for the Angel Tree Christmas Outreach. This is thanks to Chuck Colson's amazing initiative years ago to help those children in America, far too many of them, who have a mother or father behind bars this Christmas season. These children are incredibly vulnerable. More than 60% of them will end up incarcerated themselves. We want to break that cycle. How do we do that? We make them feel loved. With your donation, they will receive a present in the name of their incarcerated mother or father and a note of love so that they don't feel guilty and they don't feel forgotten. Please make a difference today in the lives of one of these young girls and boys. A gift of $25 can make a difference. Or you can bless five children for just $125. It's one of the most blessed things you can do this Christmas season. Will you call our special Angel Tree Christmas Fellowship number? It's 888-206-2794. Or just go to my website, sebgorka.com, and click on the Christmas banner at the top that says Angel Tree. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, and the Angel Tree banner. Or make your tax-deductible donation on 888-206-2794. God bless every single one of you. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do this Christmas. If you enjoy our one-on-one discussions with the true newsmakers, the real experts like Ezra, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Whichever platform you prefer, Salem, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, just plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Never miss an episode and share the links with your friends. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. And if you stand with President Trump, who I saw uh, the day before yesterday, thank you for Bob Franz for stepping in and guest hosting the show. Please put this in your yard. It's the yard sign with his booking photograph from Atlanta. We put it on a T-shirt. We put it on a mug with a very simple message, Trump 2024. We need him back now more than ever, not just for America, but for the world to be safe. Please go to sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B. G-O-R-K-A, SebGorkaStore.com for all of your America First gear made in America. And please do support the president directly at DonaldJTrump.com. That's DonaldJTrump.com. All right, let's let's look at the brighter side of things for a moment, Ezra. Uh, We have this incredible news as of 48 hours ago of what happened in uh, Argentina. A very Trumpian individual just trouncing the left after about 40 years of communistic uh, you know, po- politics in that country. We look at the last, what, 16, 17 years. We've got Brexit, we've got Trump, we've got Modi, we've got Maloney. Um, is there hope for Canada? Do, do you see this global phenomena? as sustainable? And and how how are the conservatives doing? I hope you're right. And tomorrow, there's elections in the Netherlands. And according to polls, the freedom-oriented and 
and uh, strong borders parties are surging. Uh, you may have heard of a politician named Hirt Builders who has been warning about open borders, immigration, and other parties too. So it's not just yesterday's news from Argentina, it's tomorrow's possible news from the Netherlands. And I would like to think that these resurgences of populist, conservative, freedom-oriented, anti-globalist parties are a reaction to the Joe Bidens and the Justin Trudeaus of the world. And up here, I mentioned that Trudeau won his last election with just 33% of the vote. Incredibly, he's gone down since then. It's only because he's got this socialist coalition that he's still in power. But there is a hopeful new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. He's a young guy named Pierre Polyev. And I'm optimistic. I mean, listen, a lot can happen. And remember, Trudeau's base is those journalists because he's paying them hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And so when you when you basically control the news media in a country, uh, you can magnify your strengths and magnify your opponent's weaknesses. But right now, if an election were held today, it would be a crushing majority in Canada for the conservatives. I think Trudeau is starting to wear on people's skin. Quick stat, I wanna tell you a survey result. In the last election, uh, there was a pollster who asked people who voted liberal last time how they feel about Trudeau now. You're not going to believe this, but 91% of them found him inauthentic and phony. So wow. even Trudeau voters admit that he's phony. And I think that after a while, people are just sick of the guy. It's sort of like people were, were repulsed by Hillary Clinton. They, they got to know her too well and that just the hate set in. That's where Trudeau is now. And I, I think you can imagine how that would be with Gavin Newsom. Just he's irritating. And I mean, and a lot of people f fell out of love with Trudeau. I mentioned how when he first ran for office, he you know, women swooned and people thought he's so <laughs> fresh and new. But, but now I mean, when you fall out of love with someone, it, you, you don't just go neutral. Sometimes you have you feel like you were tricked. Right. A lot of Canadians feel like they were tricked by Trudeau. And uh, Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So here's, you know, the, the, the so what question. They, they might, might find him inauthentic, but do, does that mean they'd vote for the other side? Is there any sense that there could be a flip in Canada as well? Well, that's the thing is, uh, I mean, it, it was very interesting going through this poll I just mentioned because it was done by a pro-liberal pollster who was trying to find out the weaknesses of this conservative leader, Pierre Polyev. And I think in Canada, uh, liberal parties succeed by demonizing conservatives mm -hmm. as racist, bigots, haters, because we have a very large immigration program. And if new Canadians from uh, think that a conservative is racist just out of fear, they'll cling to the liberal party. But I, I'm not sure if that's working anymore. 
more? I mean, I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, photos and videos came out of Justin Trudeau dressing up in blackface. And he didn't just do this when he was a teenager. He did this in his teens in his 20s and in his 30s, in three different decades of his life. And he was asked how often he did it. He said he couldn't even remember the number. So all of a sudden, people who thought he was a champion of diversity said, oh, he actually uh, was was just being phony and authentic. And, you know, he came across as a feminist. He said he was a male feminist. Well, uh, a woman named uh, Rose Knight in Creston, B.C., accused him of sexual assault. And he didn't deny it. He just said she, quote, experienced it differently. Last example, he appointed an indigenous woman, like a a Native Indian, to be his justice minister. And that that was very exciting for parts of the country because she was a very uh, high-achievement woman. She was too ethical for him. He pressured her to drop a criminal prosecution against corrupt company that he liked. She refused to, so he fired her. So what do these things have in common? In each instance, when he claimed to be a champion of minorities, when he claimed to be a feminist, and when he claimed to be a champion of indigenous people, in each case, when push came to shove, he was revealed to be a phony faker. He wasn't feminist. Sounds like a shell game to me. Sounds like a con man. We're talking to Ezra Levant, the founder of the president of the superb Rebel News, rebelnews.com. Follow him at Ezra Levant. If you enjoy what we provide for you here, please follow us on all the social media platforms. We are everywhere that matters. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Telegram. You can watch us on your Roku, your Fire Stick device, or just get the Salem News Channel app. And don't forget my Substack, unique content by me, and direct access to me at Sebastian Gorka.substack.com. That's my whole name as one word. I know it's strange. SebastianGorka.substack.com. Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love them all. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro compact in the world. Available in standard or optics ready configurations, class leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus 1 with the standard magazine and 13 plus 1 with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. If you enjoy what we provide for you here on America First as much as we love making it for you, support those who make it possible. This isn't NPR. This isn't PBS. We don't get half a billion dollars of your taxpayer money. This is a free market enterprise. Support those who make it possible. Great patriots like Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, now celebrating 20 years in business. He's got an amazing offer on the queen size, the only pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. There's a reason he sold more than 81 million of them. Yes, the reason is... They're that good. But did you know he's got more than 200 items on his website, all made in America for you? My dogs, Killian Leia, love their my pillow pet beds. My favorite are the sheepskin lined slippers. So much more available for you and 
up to 66% off if you use my name. Go to MyPillow.com. Don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon or call them up. Talk to a, a human being. How nice is that? 800 829 8468. Write the number down. 800 829 8468. MyPillow.com. Promo code G O R K A. You mentioned it at the, at the open, Ezra. Let's uh, unpack it a little bit. Just how, just how uh, autocratic this uh, current administration is in Canada. Would you, would you say a little bit about the, the truckers' demonstration, what the truckers in Canada wanted, what they did? And what was done to them by Trudeau's regime? Sure. In Canada, Trudeau looked at the polls, people were afraid, and he decided to demonize people who were not vaccinated. He had a no-fly list. He banned anyone in the country who was not vaccinated from taking any airplane. I'm not just talking about foreign flights. You couldn't get on a plane in Canada. You couldn't get on a train in Canada. So millions of people were basically uh, told to walk. Um, He... uh, Vaccine mandates were brought in the province of Quebec, the second largest province. They brought in a curfew from 10 p.m. at night to 5 a.m. in the morning. You were not allowed to leave your house, even if you were vaccinated, sick or healthy. It was like like a prison lockdown, house arrest. So Canada was one of the most abusive countries in the free world. And the final straw was when Trudeau said long-distance truckers had to be vaxxed. But, Sebastian, there's no job more solitary than a long-distance trucker, other than maybe a lighthouse keeper. These guys were in their cab all day. They would sleep in their cab. Why would they be forced to be vaxxed? So they decided to take things into their own hands, and they had a huge convoy of truckers, 100 kilometers long, and then other convoys. There were multiple convoys converging in Ottawa and Windsor, Ontario, and, and Coots, Alberta. And it was quite a sight to see because Trudeau had said everyone loves vaccine mandates, but people saw these huge like a hundred kilometer long convoy. And they said, wow, I'm not alone. I think about a million Canadians saw the convoy with their own eyes. They lined the highways. They lined the overpasses. It was a very patriotic moment. And they arrived in Ottawa. And what did they do? Trudeau tried to claim it was going to be a violent insurrection like January 6th. Well, 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 Didn't he he call them like white supremacists and fascistic? Yeah. And the thing is, in Canada, a lot of truckers happen to be South Asian. They're they're from India. Uh, A lot of uh, they're Sikh. A lot of truckers are uh, indigenous people. So all these truckers from every race and religion. They had nothing in common other than they loved freedom, and Trudeau was calling them racist, and it was laughable, and everyone could see it was laughable, and they were totally peaceful. And by the way, they didn't go into any buildings. They just stayed in their trucks. It was minus 20 degrees, Um, and they just honked their horns a bit, and Trudeau panicked because Canada is normally a very boring place, so Canada normally doesn't make news around the world, but here was this gorgeous – it was like a a, a spectacular – trucks are big, big trucks honking, lots of flags, so it became international news, and Trudeau appeared weak, and so he panicked, and he overplayed his hand. Like I say, he brought in the Emergencies Act, which is a form of martial law that has never been used before. Riot police, seizing bank accounts of his opponents without legal process, jailing people, the peaceful leader of the truckers was a was a Métis, like a half-Indigenous grandma, 
from from small town Alberta, uh, no criminal record, uh, like a lovely, peaceful, calm woman. Trudeau threw her in prison for 49 days. Um, And so the whole world saw what Trudeau was made of. And I think if you look at the polls, that's when Trudeau started to go down because the mask slipped and and the substitute drama teacher who was so smooth and lovable and feminist, people said, no, he's actually brutal an authoritarian, and when he said China was the country he most admired because of its basic dictatorship, and by the way, you can admire China for a number of things, history, culture, language, food, architecture, whatever. No, no, no. Trudeau said the thing he most admired about China was, quote, their basic dictatorship, and all of a sudden, Canadians realized he wasn't kidding. And that trucker movement that broke the back of the lockdowns in Canada, we owe it to the truckers. They freed us, Sebastian. Yeah, well, we, we love uh, the truckers uh, south of the border whenever they call into our show. They, they are the lifeblood of America. It's no surprise that they pushed back on Trudeau, the autocrat. Uh, this is America First one-on-one with our buddy Ezra Levant. Speaking of the holidays approaching, uh, can you think of any gift that's better than feeling good again, feeling healthy? Uh, <clears throat> it's better than any gift I can think of. That's why I'd like to introduce you to a relief factor, the gift that keeps on giving because it liberates over a million Americans from their daily pain, me included. It's a daily supplement, 100% drug-free, that was developed by doctors searching for a better alternative for pain relief. It's a unique formula of natural ingredients like turmeric, like resveratrol. Find out today if you could be one of these successful people liberated from their daily pain. Order the three-week quick starter pack today at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-473-5433 or just go today to relieffactor.com. You owe it to yourself to find out if you could be the next success story, relieffactor.com. On this MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code GORKA to receive this amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, or call 800 829 This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. From the river to the sea. From the river to the sea. From 
not just the streets of Gaza, the West Bank, or outside the Sydney Opera House, or outside the White House here in America. That's on the streets of Canada. Shocking, shocking parade, a demonstration with those participating, screaming from the river to the sea, which means the destruction, the genocidal removal of Israel. Again, you can see the watermark on the video. It's, of course, uh, rebel news. Uh, Ezra, uh, I, I used that with your permission on my Newsmax show a few weeks ago. Thank you kindly. It's uh, indicative of the great work you and your colleagues do at Rebel News. So from that footage alone, it seems like Canada is infected by the same radicalism and anti-Semitism as uh, we are here in America. I think so, and I think it's actually a little bit worse. Uh, a, a Jewish school in Montreal was shot at on two successive nights. A Molotov cocktail firebomb was thrown at another Jewish synagogue in Montreal. The largest Jewish high school in Toronto was evacuated on Friday for a bomb threat. Uh, these are just some of uh, countless incidents, so it's moving from words to violence. But let me note one thing, because we just finished talking about the truckers. The truckers were completely peaceful. They flew Canadian flags. They, they left Ottawa cleaner than when they arrived. Crime actually fell in Ottawa when the truckers were there. And yet Trudeau threw them in jail and seized their bank accounts. That's what he did to a peaceful protest he hated. But Justin Trudeau has not raised a word against these protests that chant for genocide. And it shows that censorship... And, and political violence by Trudeau depends on who's doing the protesting. He would never arrest these folks, even though some of them fly actual terrorist flags. I personally saw a Taliban flag. We've seen Islamic Jihad flags. I mean, first of all, who even has those in their closet? Those are... Those are flown all the time in Canada with impunity, even though many of the people flying those flags and chanting at the hate rallies, they're not even Canadian citizens. Many of them are foreign nationals here in Canada on student visas. And we believe that if you are a foreign citizen in Canada, in the UK, in the United States, and you're a guest in our countries going to school or, or some other guest and you choose instead to go to a hate march to whip up division and call for violence, you should have your visa canceled and you should be deported. I don't think that violates the First Amendment because that's not what it's about. If you're here in the West as a guest, as a student, on a student visa, and you decide instead to say death to the Jews, essentially, maybe you should go back home and have a think about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Go, go back to that place uh, you seem to miss so much where uh, <clears throat> civil rights, human rights are uh, a little bit uh, more truncated than they are in Canada or elsewhere in the civilized Judeo-Christian world. Uh, Ezra, uh, do you – look, you're fighting the good fight. You have been for years at Rebel News. You've, you've platformed some amazing people. Um, I have to ask you your, your reaction to this week's news – of, for example, I think it's now up to six different companies, including Rumble uh, and um, others, joining forces with Elon Musk to finally bring suit against those who are really using the most pernicious information warfare tactics like Media Matters to shut people like you down. Do you think this is a a sign of something uh, positive or it's just one very rich man who um, wants to make sure that his platform Twitter can function? Well, I think Elon Musk is a very special person. I mean, first of all, to spend such a fortune 
on Twitter to make it free, to expose how it had been used as basically a government censorship contractor was yeah. incredible to begin with. And the fact that he is not bending the knee to the censorship mob is even more incredible. And I think that this lawsuit's going to be interesting for a number of reasons, including including the disclosure process when a lawsuit happens, the access to the internal records. Media Matters um, is looks like it's in deep trouble because they basically faked the hate crimes. They engineered it and then misled uh, these advertisers about it, but who was behind it? What communications were there? Uh, was George Soros or his son Alex Soros involved, perhaps, in this? Because they are funders of it. I think his lawsuit is an important one, and and all these other outlets you talk about, including Rumble, they're so important. And look, I think that we're at the at the place that if the government can control you through your apps, yeah. you really have no chance uh, because the government is smarter than to censor you directly. They'll censor you through Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. That's what Trudeau has done. I mentioned Bill C-11. He now can command the apps to alter the discoverability of news sources. That's the dream world for politicians. They don't have to get their hands dirty. They can delegate it to the corporations and say, oh, it's not a First Amendment issue. But, But I think it is a First Amendment issue in the United States when politicians use um, apps to censor people. But Media Matters, I think they're in deep trouble. I'm a super fan of Elon Musk. I'm nervous because you don't want to put all your faith in one man, but I think he's doing more for freedom and progress and humanity and prosperity and peace than anyone else in the world right now. So put me down as a fan. And he's a legal immigrant from Africa, uh, or, or to boot. Yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> we talked to Ezra Levant. Follow him at Ezra Levant on social media. Rebelnews.com is the website. We are broadcasting to you from just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, melodorous, noisome swamp that is Washington, D.C. These are the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real. This time of year, what better gift to gift your loved ones than living without pain? More than a million Americans are taking this incredible product that is 100% drug-free and which targets the source of the pain, which is the inflammation on four separate metabolic pathways with incredible anti-inflammatory ingredients like turmeric, resveratrol, and omega-3s. Over a million people have been liberated from their daily pain, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Debran from Massachusetts. Just listen to Debran's story. I just started taking Relief Active four days ago. My hip pain is gone. I had a horrible time sleeping because of the pain. I absolutely love how I am feeling. Thank you, Relief Factor. That should be you. That could be you. Find out today. There's only one way. It's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. Like it works for me, Debron, and over a million of your fellow Americans. Call right now, 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's one 800 473 5433 or just go to relieffactor.com. You could be the next success story. Ask yourself one very simple question. What do I have to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain, well, you know what to do. 1-800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. If you stand with the president, uh, if you stand with our Cousins are fellow lovers of liberty in Israel. 
Please support them by telling the world who you are. This is the most popular item on our website today. It is a photograph of my former boss at the Temple Wall in Jerusalem, the only serving president to ever go there with a very simple message in Hebrew and English, our fight. We put it on a T-shirt. We put it on a mug. I'm so impressed with you guys that this is what you want the most. Get yours today at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. And if, if you want to know whether the geopolitical trajectory, whether we can stabilize the world, whether we can save the republic, join us for the trip of a lifetime. If you missed out on our trip to the Holy Land, next summer we're going on the Patriots Cruise to Alaska. I'm so excited. I've never been to Alaska. I've never been on a cruise. Katie, myself, and uh, our buddy, the West Coast Warrior Princess, Jennifer Horn, will be joining us June 29th to July 6th for the trip of a lifetime. Find out more and book your seats at sebgorka.com. That's the Patriots Alaska Cruise next summer. Just go to S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, and click on the banner for the Patriots Alaska Cruise. All right, last question um, for you, my dear friend, Ezra. When, when you look at the developments of the last nine years, so let's go back to Brexit, Trump, Maloney, uh, Mille now in Argentina. Um, are you optimistic? Do you think that finally the good guys are starting to win? Well, I, I see a resurgence, especially in the names you just mentioned. But America, its importance qualitatively, quantitatively, morally, historically, is more important than all of those. So if in 2024, God forbid, the Democrats manage to win again, and and I fear it's going to be Gavin Newsom. I fear there's going to be some machination to replace Joe Biden with Gavin Newsom. You could sort of see the, uh, the, the hands already working on that. God forbid if Gavin Newsom were to become president in 2024, then all of those other victories you just listed would would not be strong enough to counterbalance the the tragedy that would happen if America went down that path. On the other hand, if America were returned to, and I think I think a lot of people would say, if Donald Trump were president right now, you would not have had Russia invading Ukraine. You would not have had Iran and Hamas taking the liberties. There, so many things around the world would not be falling apart. I don't know if you know that poem by W. B. Yeats, written after the First World War, called "The Second Coming," and he had this incredible phrase that I can't stop thinking about, Sebastian. Maybe you think about it too. That that line from his poem was, "The best lack all conviction." while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Yeah. And I look around the world and I see the worst are full of passionate intensity. They know that the getting is good and they're taking every liberty and every advantage because they know sleepy Joe Biden is not on duty. He's right. just asleep. In the, and, and I fear, yeah, I'm happy about what you just listed. I'm excited about Argentina. Don't forget to mention El Salvador, which is an interesting story. There are little pockets. I, I think you're, I think your um, country of birth, Hungary, is a, is a very exciting example. But all of those together are not as important as the victory in America, God willing, less than a year from now. That's for all the marbles. I mean, I feel like we're in an empire in decline. And I think we really have one more exit ramp before it's irreversible. And I don't want to be this pessimistic. And maybe maybe I'm not in the loop like you are. But just looking from outside, I see America and it looks like Rome in its final years. 
Well, I'm not sure that's the most upbeat ending we could end on, but he's a warrior for the truth. He's a civilized individual who can quote poetry you, to you as well as fight the good fight. Follow him at Ezra Levant, and please check out his website or rebelnews.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to America First one-on-one. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Go ahead, Ron. Talk. You heard that report direct from Dallas, Texas. To repeat what was said earlier in the report from Dallas, there is a report that the president has died. However, we must and uh, must emphasize that this report has so far been unconfirmed. And that report came in a few minutes ago and uh, has not been confirmed thus far. And so we are inclined to disbelieve it. We certainly hope, of course, that it is not true. Excuse me, Chad. Here is a flash from the Associated Press, Dateline Dallas. Two priests who were with President Kennedy say he is dead of bullet wounds. There is no further confirmation, but this is what we have on a flash basis from the Associated Press. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, Presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president of the United States. We are disinclined to believe the reports and then uh, the confirmation from Walter Cronkite, who was the media in one man. Sixty years ago today, what truly happened in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas? Let's talk to a man who should know more than most. He published this article this morning and sent it to me with a very interesting headline, Killed by a Silly, Deadly Communist. Let's talk to Grove City's Professor 
Paul Kangor. Professor Kangor, um, I've always had the theory that all the conspiracies floating around the assassination of President Kennedy are because he was killed by a communist and the left didn't want to admit they, that a communist killed the President of the United States. You have a very interesting uh, headline here that somebody said a silly communist killed him. Who said that? And why was she wrong to use the word silly, Professor? Yeah, right on. And thank you so much, Seb, for playing those clips. I mean, that's fascinating to watch, not just listen to, but watch. But yeah, so it was Jackie Kennedy. And, you know, she was the, um, you know, extraordinarily unfortunate um, spouse of the president who was literally sitting next to him in the back of the limousine. And I think in one of the most horrible moments I've ever seen, touching and yet horrifying, she kind of leaps to the back of the limousine and scoops up with her hand. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to you know say this so vividly to people, but so morbidly, but she scoops up smoldering brain material from her husband that had, that had been blown into the back of the car. And, and she has this pretty pink dress on and she has blood all over it. So, you know, what she went through at that moment was just mortifying, hellacious. But she would later say uh, as a complaint that her husband didn't have the sat. This is a direct quote, didn't even have the satisfaction of being killed for civil rights. It had to be some silly little communist, she said. It robs his death of meaning, unquote. And as I put it in the article, um, you know, silly little communists. Yeah, sure. I mean, communists are silly. <laughs> you know, they're they're damn silly, uh, but their ideology is deadly. And, and and so really, I think it's kind of powerfully symbolic that the, the deadliest ideology of the 20th century, uh, you know, as bad as the struggle for civil rights was, it, it, civil rights didn't kill as many people in the 20th century uh, you know, as communism did. Communism killed over 100 million people in the 20th century. So in a way, it's kind of profoundly, sadly, tragically fitting that it was some silly little communist who, who killed her husband. And and can't we, if we just pull back a little bit, you make the amazing uh, observation concerning a book that if you believe in America, you have to read it. It's the Black Book of Communism. It is the recitation by left-wing historians of the cost of communism from the Soviet Union to Cambodia, more than 100 million killed in the name of workers' paradise. Doesn't she kind of miss the whole plot that to say, well, he, he wasn't killed for civil rights, at least that would have been something. But the whole point was he was killed for civil rights because communism is the denial of all civil rights. I mean, a, a more yeah, a in, inarticulate description of her husband's death would be hard to come up with, no? Yeah, that's actually a very good point. And her husband would have totally agreed with that. In fact, you know, I'm sorry to blow the burst the bubble here of liberals, but JFK and RFK, you know, his brother and attorney general wiretapped Martin Luther King Jr., the yeah. civil rights icon, because they were worried about um, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, his affiliation with communists. Yeah, right. Yeah. But but for them, yeah, communism was a civil rights issue. And, 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 you know, Kennedy warned about our godless atheistic foe of communism. He warned about it in his inaugural address. And I'd like to point out here, too, to this audience, because this audience will appreciate this. Um, one of the things that really radicalized 
Lee Harvey Oswald that we don't know about said, people generally don't know about, but this is right in the Warren Commission report. He was this 12-year-old um, kind of lonely little boy who mm-hmm. had moved to New York from the South with his mother, didn't have a father. And one day in 1953, he's walking through New York City and some Marxist agitator working for Communist Party USA. A, a, a woman, right? Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thrusts in front of him a pamphlet about the Rosenbergs yeah. and says, look at this. This is what this imperialist country, this bigoted, probably called an anti-Semitic <laughs> country of the United States does. It kills people. And so wide-eyed little Lee Harvey Oswald, 12 years old, is looking at this and listening. He says, wow, wow. And he takes the pamphlet goes to the library, buries himself in the study of Marxism-Leninism, and that was his first step. As the, the Warren Commission said, that moment in 1953 in that street corner in New York was an awakening right. for Oswald, as the Warren Commission report put it. By 1959, he's in the military. He asked the Marines for a discharge. Other Marines called him Oswaldovich because he was so pro-Soviet. And within three years after being discharged from the Marines— he, he's living in Russia, reaching out to Moscow, leaves Moscow, goes to Mexico City, reaches out to the Cubans. He's doing whatever he can to find a way to kill John F. Kennedy because of Kennedy's opposition to communism, to the Soviets, to Castro. So um, this wasn't some silly little communist thing. This was all about communism. That's the whole point. Jackie Kennedy and so many liberals miss this. They don't understand it. They don't understand it, or what's worse, uh, they don't want anybody else to understand it because then they'll realize that their ideology is kissing cousins to the deadliest ideology known to man, which is, of course, Karl Marx communism. Um, He is uh, Professor Paul Kengel, editor of the American Spectator, spectator spectator.org, and author of a veritable library of books, three that are worth your time. One of my favorites is Dupes, How America's Adversaries Have Manipulated Progressives for a Century. Also, A Pope and a President about Ronald Reagan and Blessed St. John Paul II, Architects of the Collapse of the Soviet Union, along with Maggie Thatcher. And most recently, The Devil and Bella Dodd, One Woman's Struggle Against Communism and Her Redemption. Wishing you a blessed Thanksgiving. Check out spectator.org. I'm Sebastian Gorka. So much more to discuss on this special day before we get ready to give thanks for living in still the greatest nation on God's green earth. If you enjoy our show, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you support President Trump, and if you've had it with the politicized law enforcement in America, get this yard sign with his booking photo from Atlanta, or the T-shirt, or the mug, with a very simple message, Trump 2024. Get yours today, and so much more, all made in America, at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. And most important of all, please support the president directly at donaldjtrump.com. That's donaldjtrump.com. This is America First. Stay on this channel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.